This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Joining me after a small hiatus, Hello, everybody. Happy New Year, belatedly. You're right. Uh, we didn't, we didn't expect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't expect to have this long of a gap between the two of us uh, talking, but uh, holidays and work. Uh... <laughs> yeah, they really kind of do, and uh, yeah, uh, it certainly did play a part in us sort of delaying things. But there's other things afoot as well, which kind of um, causes us to sort of hang off a little bit, um, which we'll talk about yep. later, right, Chris? Yeah, we sure will. But uh, I just wanted to say uh, uh, thanks once again for Norman Stepanski for uh, coming in last week and basically filling in for Jared, if you will. <laughs> I don't think he realized he was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he realized he was uh, going to be the fill-in host. But uh, I kind of turned it into that anyway. <laughs> yeah, he did I a great job. To... <laughs> he's going to put me over job, I reckon. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I think he's already got one. Yeah. Um, I, I want to make one clarification that he made to me after uh the podcast because uh he prepared even though he tried to be prepared regarding my question with the nintendo switch and the user interface uh what he found out the user interface that is in the nintendo switch right now that is the original interface for that oculus was using and Ah. since then they have a new interface for oculus uh, so this is that was interface 1.0. Uh, whether or not it's going to find its way over to Steam or iOS, that still wasn't answered. Okay, um, but that's that's kind of the deal with with that one that I wanted to make sure I uh, got out there because he got back to me about that. That's good. Yeah, I still haven't I, seen the, the the Switch version running, but. Uh... Yeah, it 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 runs pretty dang well. I gotta say that. Uh, and and like I said, I really the UI works right now because of the number of tables being yes. small. As soon as you get over twenty five tables, is mm. it's gonna be a nightmare yeah. if it goes you know that many. But for right now, it works just fine. Um, but I really I don't know, and I don't know why. I think it's just because I hate looking at loading screens that are just the words loading. But the fact that it throws up the the actual flyers from the table that you're loading in, I think is really cool. Because and, yeah, and that's were, actually fine. And they were nice high res <laughs> images; like you could actually yeah. read them. Um, it wasn't just some blurred out uh, blob. Uh, so that's such an often forgotten part of the TPA. Like they've got flyers for every single game in the game in TPA, but I never I never see them. I never no. actively go and seek them out. And no. uh, it's. It's interesting to see how they sold pinball back in the 80s and the 90s. Like, it was very different to how they're doing it now. And it's almost part of the history of the table to actually see how they do that. So it would be nice if they did the same thing in TPA. Well, the, but the, the wording is also hilarious just because it's all yeah. about quarter drops. Oh, yeah. You know, how to get the most sales out of your machine possible. You know, it, it's... It'll have it's people so, lining up for quarter drops. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so mercenary yep. <laughs> and so much different than how uh, uh, Stern sells their tables today. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's it's kind of uh, revolutionary operator features that will guarantee massive earnings in the cash box. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, you know. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. Um. Yeah. So things that have been going on with us. Let's just jump right into this. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we and I and I've we've hinted about it on the Twitter feed that we were going with a new logo. And so uh, some time and effort was put in by ourselves to come up with something that uh, represents the show, say, a little bit better. Um, so sorry if you uh, were a fan of the microphone blockade logo, but the problem was it just didn't say pinball. And, uh, you know, little little business insider here, it's when you don't have pinball in your uh, logo or in your name, it makes it more difficult for Google searches and iTunes <laughs> to find you. So yeah, really, yeah, we wanted actually. to, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to make some changes to maybe try and get us a little bit more uh, traffic for listenership. So one of those changes, and I even forgot to say it uh, just in the intro here, uh, we're going to try and start referring to ourselves as the Blockade Pinball Podcast. Yes, just to just uh, dropping that little word pinball in just, here and there, you know, just yeah, uh, kind of the same token that also then with our visual on the logo to put some pinball iconic iconography. Jeez, that's a hard one. Uh, in, yeah, it's in a big here. words, big words for this early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> well, late I was gonna say early for you. Hey man, it's after lunch yeah. for me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we wanted we wanted to get something that's a little more identifiable quickly with the logo that uh, says pinball, as opposed to you having to stare at it and go, "Hey, look, there's this subtle little there's elements hole of pinball in the in there. B that looks like a flipper, and the other part looks like a ball, but they're not to scale." And yeah, you know, so we we a came up. A logo really does have to slap you in the face as to what you're about, and the mic was very cool in the way it was designed, but it really didn't say pinball. It said podcast. <laughs> it did say podcast, which is like half the battle, right? <laughs> but yeah, pinball, not so much. So that was that was step one, and that took uh, there was many back and forth sessions uh, between me and Jared with uh, mm. me learning all sorts of things on uh, Adobe Illustrator and uh, Jared poo pooing them really fast. <laughs> but the thing um, is that like the the whole process of doing it though was was the way it should be done. Like just right. fast iteration then, and, uh, and the good thing that Chris doesn't do is get critical about the work he's done, which is really hard for some designers to not be. Um, <laughs> a lot of designers will go, oh, you know, this is the design and lump it essentially. But because Chris is not an official designer, it was just like, oh, okay, well, let's just try this and try that and, you know, we got there pretty quick. We did. We did. And if you're wondering, at one point we did a poll between uh, two different logos. One of them had uh, over the A of the blah uh, signal radio noise things that we quickly, everybody started referring to as Wi-Fi signals. Yeah, the Wi-Fi signals. Um, <laughs> I, rather, I rather liked it because I felt that that still uh, said podcast. Jared rather hated it. And we threw it up to a vote. And man, that thing was split down the middle for quite a while. It was interesting. Uh, it was, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, what was funny was the people on Twitter all really liked it, and uh, which included a lot of podcast people. 
Mm. And then the people that were on uh, Pinball Arcade Fans website, they all hated it, or didn't hate it, but voted against it. <laughs> and so it was one of those things was like, oh my God, we're not going to come to a consensus. But eventually we did. And I think the the tipping point for me, Jared, and I mentioned this to you, was a friend of mine who is a graphic designer. Uh, he voted for the cleaner look. And I went, okay, well, you know, yeah. He, if he actually tells no. us it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, he kind of knows what he's saying. So that was uh, that. Was that. Um, the thing is, a lot of the time uh, where I work, I'm working really closely with designers anyhow. So I sort of, by osmosis, I learn what's right and what's probably not so right. Yeah. So I had a feeling that it was going to be the non-Wi-Fi one, but it's always good to get a second opinion, particularly when you're not an expert in your field. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're wondering why all this effort to get a new logo, well, that falls into the next bit, which is we built a new website. Yeah. Well, um, we didn't actually build a new website. We, we switched over to medium.com. Medium.com yeah. have is one of the premier um, platforms for sharing thoughts about things. And the advantage with um, medium.com is that it's very clean. It's very easy to use. There's good, you can even, there's even an app for it. So um, you can subscribe to the podcasts with just a tap um, and get updates when new articles are released. And it also allows us to branch out from what was just originally a flat list of episodes. So there's a really strong archiving feature on the site. So you can actually go back through past episodes and see um, things like interviews. I've actually, when I've been redesigning the site, I've actually um, separated the interviews and special guests out into a separate section because I know out of all the posts, of course, interviews are the most popular. So we want to make sure that if you guys want to go back in time and see those interviews again, you can see them really easily. Uh, so I did that as well. And um, it just allows us to be a little bit more dynamic in what we we offer on the site rather than the uh, static site that I was using um, Originally, it was fine when we only had 30 or 40 episodes, but now we've got <laughs> 120. The navigate will fast outgrowing the navigation. And it's actually thanks to a couple of um, people on the Pimble Arcade fans forum that made us realize that because they were going, Oh, I remember this episode. It was ages ago when uh, I think it was a, a Zen interview with Bobby. Um, and she goes, Oh, yeah, there was this episode. I'll see if I can find it. And they they shared their their progress of trying to find. Ah, uh, yeah, I think it was sort of like episode forty, but I'm not sure. And <laughs> it was I could tell. I went okay. It was at that point I went okay. Our navigation is starting to outgrow us as a as a podcast. So eventually, I'm <laughs> sometime real soon. I'll need to fix that. And it took six months. So. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, there was uh, me wanting to do some of my uh, rambling writing, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Now and then I like to write things. And I had no way of uh, posting it to the other uh, site yeah. just well, because it was kind of tech heavy. Well, it was. It was It was using like the, the, the way we used to do those posts is I would open up a, a text editor and I'd use a, a markup language called ASCII doc. And it was fine. It's a little bit like Markdown for those people who know what lightweight markup language is. But Chris was going, <laughs> and, and I could have told him how to use ASCII doc. But honestly, I thought, no, hang on. I need to realize that this is a, a sign that I need to think for a minute because I could, he could learn something. But why should he have to learn something? Like all he wants to do is share his thoughts yeah. on, 
on movies. Why should he have to learn a markup language for him to do that and then work out how to use this static site tool to post an idea up? And I thought, you know, you should just set up a Medium account and post your um, your thoughts up on a nice Medium account. It's really nice user experience. I went, hang on a second. <laughs> we, could, we could all use that because mm. it's really nice. But the, we ran through a problem, though, didn't we, Chris? We ran yes, into we a, did. A, a little bit of a hitch, which is the next part of the discussion. So Yeah, we, uh, we would like to tell you that you can continue to go to blockadepinball.com, but that's not going to work anymore. <laughs> well, not to the top-level domain. We have to make a few changes to the way that we structure the site. And the reason is, and this is totally my fault because I didn't read their K-Base articles correctly, or Google dumped me to some old K-Base articles with the old information, but Medium at one point allowed you to spend 70 bucks and you could actually use your own custom URL like blackapepinball.com. And I thought, cool, I'll go down the path of migrating 120 episodes over to the service and um, took me about a week to do it. Uh, and I thought, cool, well, I'll go and set up that domain now, right? So I go to the link in the settings that says, oh, use your own domain. And it's like, bah, bah, no can has. We are not offering um, custom domains at the moment to everyone. So if you've got an existing one, you can continue to use it, but no new applications are being accepted. I went, oh, <laughs> that's a bit of a problem. And this so, after we had loaded in all of our imagery and oh, yeah. articles and gotten it all lined up and set up, you know, the way that we like it looking. Uh, I think yeah. together we would have spent we would have spent probably about two weeks at this point, on and off, sort of total time between us, getting it to the point it was. And then I worked out that we couldn't do the URL, and I went, "Ah, oh, okay." So we're faced with two opportunities or two options. We tell everyone that the new domain is medium.com forward slash barcade dash pinball dash podcast, which nope. is the actual <laughs> the actual domain name that Medium has given us, which is fine. Or we think laterally. So what I've done is I've, I'm using a service called Rebrandly. And what it allows you to do, it's basically a short URL um, system uh, that you can actually use a custom domain on. And um, so what we're going to do is we're going to set the custom domain of blockadepinball.com. And then we're going to make short URLs that re redirect over to certain parts of the medium.com website. So it gives you the choice, dear listener. You can, if you like to use medium exclusively and you know that our website is blockade-pinball-podcast uh, on medium, fine. You can find us there. But if you're listening to the show and you want to get there quickly for the first time, we'll have links in the show notes that direct you to the front page of our website on Medium, and uh, it'll always be the latest episodes there. Um, so you'll see blockadepinball.com forward slash episodes um, in all our Twitter links when we do a new show and um, and announce that on Twitter, and that will be like, that'll jump you to the latest episode. So it, it'll give you an in to the website and not have, you know, you won't have to worry initially about putting in long URLs. So what that's, we're saying is, again, go to blockadepinball.com forward slash episodes. Yeah. Bookmark it. <laughs> yeah, because that's our new site, basically. That'll get yeah. you right in to the new exactly. site. Exactly. Um, yeah. So take a look at it. Uh, we're, we're happy with the look. And also, like I said, there's going to be... Uh, well, part of the reason why I wanted to do the writing thing is I went ahead and bought one of those MoviePass 
uh, ah, yeah. things, uh, which we talked about before. So it was, uh, I spent 90 bucks and I get a year long subscription to go see any movie I want, anytime I want, once a day. Once a day. That's that's a lot. A that's day. 365 days of movies, man, for 90 bucks. Yeah. And, that's not bad. And considering, <laughs> well, considering that for me, when I would buy matinee tickets, which is usually what I would do, or I'd buy them at Costco, the, the discount ticket, I was basically spending 10 bucks a movie. Yeah. Exactly. And last year, I went and saw 15 in the theater. So, so completely makes sense. money. <laughs> and that's and the and, only reason why you probably would have only seen fifteen is because they're ten dollars a ticket. Um, well, it's it's ten dollars right. a ticket. It's the time to go, and it's ah, oh, well, do I really want to spend the money to go see this, or do I just wait for it to come out on video? Well, now I kind of don't have an excuse because the money is already spent, and all I have to do is see nine movies and throughout the course of the year, and it'll have paid for itself. So I'm more apt to go see a lot more <laughs> in the theater on a whim. Uh, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night. Uh, the kids asleep. There's a showing at 1030. I got nothing doing in the morning. Boom. Let's go. I'm, I'm there. Done. Um, yeah. Done. <laughs> Your wife isn't going to see very much of you, is she? <laughs> She'll probably be like, yeah, he's out of the house. Um, <laughs> Hooray. Naughty dollars well spent. <laughs> yeah. You know, so what, what I wanted to do was maybe start trying to, and again, this is just me honing my writing skills uh, hmm. that maybe I would start reviewing every single time I went and saw a movie. Hmm. And since it wouldn't be me waiting until they come out on video, it'd actually be current and timely and then timely. make sense. So <laughs> that's something that I'm planning on on uh, getting to and doing. The funny thing is, is I have not seen a single movie yet since Last Jedi. Getting it. <laughs> but that always happens. I never see any movies in January other than the one movie that I saw in December. So right. it's, it's well, far for court for me. <clears throat> I haven't seen Last Year yet. <clears throat> so <sighs> I'm Some... a terrible person. I'm a terrible person. That's okay. Neither is my wife, and she's a big Star Wars fan. But hopefully we're going to go on Tuesday. I think I've, I've guilted her into <laughs> into needing I to see it and not waiting. Running. I can't actually believe it's still running here. Like It's, it's only been out a month. But most movies here, after a month, they just they you, you get like one showing a day, you know. Yeah. But I guess it's a quiet season, though, isn't it? So there's not a big volume of movies throwing through, so they can leave them running longer. No, because January uh, tends to be a dumping ground for movies that uh, aren't very good. <laughs> yes. Um, either they're not very good, or they're only awards movies that they released it in December, and then they're going into a wide release. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of other writings, just to give you guys a, a heads up, uh, there's a website called This Week in Pinball, and he's always posting every week, uh, multiple times during the week, different articles and uh, stuff about pinball. Who we runs were that site again. Who, who's the writer behind it? There's only one guy, eh? It's just yeah, uh, Jeff, and I'm not sure what his uh, last name is. Hmm. Um, I'm sure I have it somewhere, but anyway, friend of the he, show, Jeff. Friend of the show, Jeff. Yeah, he had he had reached <laughs> out to us and see if uh, we'd be interested in uh, doing informing his audience a little bit more about digital pinball because his site is all about real pinball, as is most people's sites, and us being yes. the the rare breed of being almost exclusively about digital pinball. 
We are the uh, number one resource on the podcast scene for digital pinball. That's right. <laughs> so I decided, okay, sure, what the heck? Let me see what I can uh, whip up uh, as a because he kind of wanted a history of digital pinball. Where do you start? And, right. Where do you start? <laughs> and so I started just writing, and before you know it, I had seven pages worth of history. Wow. Going back, starting with basically the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. <laughs> wow, that that's a, wow! You really are going back through. Yeah, went went back and, and it's here's the funny thing to somebody that doesn't know anything about digital pinball. I'm sure this is more information than they ever possibly would want to know about digital pinball. Mm -hmm. To people like Jared and myself, it's like, okay, thanks for barely scratching the surface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, you got to know your audience, right? Like, you got to know your audience. People, I mean, seven pages, which won't be seven pages when you publish it to, to the web, but that's no, it'll a be lot even of longer. information. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. Yeah, it'll because, be a lot to digest. When I, when I say seven pages, this is me typing on Google Docs. So like a Word document, just paragraph, paragraph, oh, paragraph. Okay. Yeah. okay. So You're now you to need us. to... <laughs> that's going to be brutal then. Right? Um, so I... I he says he's probably going to post it as one big story, which I, hey, you know, he knows his audience. Um, but once he posts it, I might wind up posting it on our site too if people want to read it, and I'll break it up into a bite-sized chunks. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it as a. Well, we can actually have that as a because we can. We can have it as a separate part of our website, the history of digital pinball, and I can make that a separate node. Um, on the website because we have the flexibility now. Thank you, me. We have the flexibility. Yeah. yeah, all sorts of stuff going on on that front. Uh, so let's move on to actual pinball. I know, scary folks, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, because there's been now, some stuff. There's been some things. Um, first off, let's talk about briefly <laughs> the fact that Sorcerer is out in beta on mm. pinball arcade fans, or not pinball arcade fans, just pinball arcade. Pinball arcade, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I had a look at it, and I got to say, I forgot how cool the art is. It's a really good-looking table. Man, it looks so good. I've never seen this table ever. This is my first exposure to it. Oh, and okay. Geez, no, it's, it is beautiful. Yeah, no, it's like, a beautiful table. Yeah. The issue that we're having in the beta right now, and this is uh, specifically with DX11, which oh. I'm going to go into a little rant here in a moment about, the DXs, um, okay. but uh, the insert DX lights. Sector. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Currently, the insert lights are all kinds of wonky in terms of this is what happens when you're dealing with previously baked in lighting and trying to then put in uh, dynamic lighting. Mm -hmm. That you'll get things like the insert will be blinking as it will, saying for you know this is where you want the ball to go, and it'll be nice and bright. Then you have the ball pass through there, and it now should be a constant blink, or I mean, a constant lit insert. And it is, but it's significantly dimmer than it was prior. Right. And that kind of thing drives me bonkers. And there's, and I tried terming a bulb brightness, and it, and that's when I realized it was just no. This is something. This is an issue that they're going to fix. I know that. Um, but it comes into the some of the inserts are the perfect. Uh, brightness for how they are right now. Mm -hmm. um, that when you have the table, the bulb brightness set to 50%, they're glowing. You can read what's actually printed on them. You can so tell they're them not nuked. they're not nuked. And what I'm fearful of is that they're going to get nuked by the end of this. 
<laughs> which is what always happens. So I made sure that I pointed out uh, when I put in my little notes for the beta of, hey, look at this particular insert at 50% bulb brightness. That's perfect. No, make okay. everything else. Yeah, lock that in, match everything else to that one and be golden. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. So no, what I was going to say with the, with, and, and I know you don't uh, suffer for any of this, Jared, because you don't deal with DX. It's only on the PC that we have this, but mm. we have DX nine and DX 11. Mm. And when we're dealing with the betas on these, it's amazing how many problems crop up because it works in one and not in the other. And it's mm -hmm. almost as if they're two completely different programs because yeah. they'll fix a bug in DX11 or in DX9 and it'll cause a bug in DX11 or, you know, vice versa. And it's like, I d and, and even to the point that when you're, when you click on Steam and you select Pimble Arcade, a little box pops up that says, asking you, do you want to play DX9, DX11, and then there's game configuration. When you push game configuration, that's when it all of a sudden asks you what aspect ratio do you want, all the anti-aliasing and stuff. So it's all outside of the game itself. Oh, okay. I, it really bothers me because now you set it, now you got to turn that off, now you got to start the game again, now you got to let the game load, the game loads, now you look at what happened, and you go, Oh no, I don't like that. Great. Now you got to turn the game off. You got to go back in, restart, get that configuration box up, reset your configurations. It's like, why can this not be like every other game out there and done through, done in the game itself? Yep. So plugging it, into the DX framework and displaying that the options in game and basically just toggling those settings on and off at the application or the well, the code. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you because I was having a, this discussion this morning with uh, Pinball with 45B, where he goes, "Well, DX9 is no longer available in Zen because it's all Pinball FX3, which is DX11." Yep. And I said, "You're that's fine, but here's the thing that Pinball FX3 does: I can go into graphics settings and I can turn off ball trails, I can turn off uh, graphical detail, I can turn off shadows, I can turn off ball reflection, I can do all of that." in the game, and then it'll pop the little window and say, are you sure you want to keep these settings? Yeah, yes, boom. Now all of a sudden I see what it looks like. If I don't like it, I can go right back in. It's, it's literally a 10 second. It's real effect. time. Yeah, It's real time. As a, and, and the thing that I know that this works, because my laptop, which is not very powerful at all, can then run Pinball FX3 when I have all those settings turned off. Mm. So I'm just curious to know why is it that Farsight hasn't done the DX11 version of this program in such a way that we can get rid of DX9 completely so they're only having to deal with one program per se and just have a either have it a toggle switch where you're toggling between DX9 and DX11 or do this very thing where you can just start dumping all the graphical settings. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's probably because the graphical settings are, I think, probably kind of semi-baked in. So you've got the whole concept of if you turn off, like with Zen, because their whole table infrastructure is fully rendered, um, you're essentially not overlaying components onto a canvas. 
when I say canvas, I mean like, you know, digitally scanned assets that are assembled. And, you know, it's sort of like a, what would I say, a composited version of a game rather than a rendered completely <clears throat> um, version of a game. So what I think is happening there is because if they want to turn off certain things, like if you want to turn off Flash of Bloom, if you want to turn off um, Reflections, if you want to turn off all these things, it's essentially a layer in the game that they need to then turn off. Like it would be alpha panes off, alpha panes on. So that might actually be too complex for them to actually layer like that with the current construct of the game. I have a feeling that to to make it work, they would have to re-architect the way they do the graphics in the game. And I think that's pretty non-trivial. And as you can tell, I am wildly speculating here because I don't <laughs> quite know how it would work, but based on what I know of of graphics and things like that, I suspect that that's the reason why they are going with two versions because it's either their, their on-off switch is DX9 or DX11. Basically, that's it. That's the level of precision you have. It's doubling the amount of work that they have to do in terms of bug squashing. Oh, right off the top. Right off the top, it's doubling. And then it compounds when... So last time when there was the update, uh, I forget what the table was last time, uh, all of a sudden the high scores, the local high scores went bonkers. Like oh. we're talking hundreds of billion worth of points suddenly was the top score. I mean, it completely jacked up the the local high scores on many, many tables. Right. And some people were worried that it was screwing up their... Uh, achievements and we we've, we've gone into it before about the stupidity of how achievements are saved that if i have this on my computer right now and then i want to go play the game on my laptop and i load up uh tpa It'll well, it completely them. wipes everything mm -hmm. which is absurd it is absurd and the thing is is that Apparently, they might have been. This might have happened. The, the the score thing might have happened because they were trying to do deal with the cloud saving. But it's DX nine saves data differently than DX eleven. Apparently, but why would a, fra a graphics framework have any interplay with how the core game logic works? That's my I, question. I don't know, and and I'm and I don't know if the, the whole idea of the local high scores is what's screwing up because they're localizing them to a computer as opposed to localizing them to the user, which I would think would be the better thing to do is just localize it to the user uh, so that those follow you, your high scores follow you that way. But because your leaderboards obviously aren't tied to the computer, those are tied to you know whatever server that they're they're dealing with i don't know it's it's one of these things where it's like i feel like they've tied themselves into knots and there's such a simpler way of handling it um oh there's definitely a simpler way of handling it but i think probably the way to get there would be you know weeks of rework to actually get it to work right and yeah. that's the punishment right like it is the the benefit of doing the rework actually going to make a big difference to the user experience on a day-to-day -day basis. Because remember, this only really frustrates you when you have to reinstall Steam on a computer, which is not that often. No, 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 but it's, that's not what I'm saying. 
I have Steam installed on my laptop. I have Steam installed on my PC. And I usually play TPA on the PC. If I uh, am on my laptop and I go and play TPA, it wipes it across the board. So the next yeah, time right. I go on my PC, all my achievements are gone. So if for those people who use more than one Steam device, then that is the problem. And Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing on, say, a Surface Pro, and then you've got your main computer yep. um, that you also have Steam on, then, yeah, that that is, that's not very good that's at annoying. all. That's annoying. That's annoying. It's annoying. It's not good. Um, and it's the same. Uh, if it makes you any, feel any better, it's very similar on um, Google Play Games mm-hmm. as well for Android. Like the 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 fact that I'll keep on going back to this, the fact I had to write a user guide on how not to screw your <laughs> same games up on Google Play Games is testament to a bad user experience, right? Yeah. So the the way that Farsight is managing their saves could be improved. And I think we've talked about this in a prior episode where yes, they have. need to use the Farsight ID as the canonical save game system. And that's all they need to do. They did that, that would, and they're not having to plug into all these different ecosystems save mechanisms. Um, that is the way to solve the problem. And then, like I said, in terms of graphic and stuff, I just wish that it was load the game, go into uh, the uh, the menu there under settings. Under settings, uh, no, no, no. Well, no, no, I'm not talking about the game stage. I'm talking about, about graphics. But I go oh, into yeah. settings. And that is in settings that I can set what is my screen resolution, that I can set whether I have ball trails, that I'm, am I using post-processing or not post-processing? What's the anti-aliasing that's going on? Let me do it in the game so that it immediately I can see the results as opposed to having to go in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, because for some reason, and this is where I'm just completely ba- baffled, and this might just be with me trying to play the beta, but the DX9 version sucks performance wise it's it's like the ball's in slow motion all right uh, and there's and there's no reason why the ball should be in slow motion in dx9 and working perfectly fine in dx11 <laughs> well they probably optimized for dx11 and dx9 because it's older architecture is is lagging so really that's a good sign that they just need to cut support for nine well what the, the biggest question is versus nine versus 11 what well is i cannot run 11 i cannot run 11 on my laptop Yep, well, that's fine. On those devices that aren't powerful enough to run 11, then they get flat mode. They basically get no visual effects. And that's what I'm saying. There should be that toggle in the game itself. There's no Uh, toggle. It's just this game, if you do not have DX installed, the the DX11 installed, you don't get any graphical effects. You can still run it, but everything's flat. Yeah. So that's the trade-off. Like... We will let you play it, but your game experience is going to be poor. Just like on the old box product that you used to buy from the store, you'll need a minimum spec of 486 with 2 meg of RAM to run this game. <laughs> but you should really be playing with a Pentium 1 and you know 1 gig of RAM uh, and a video card to have maximum enjoyment from this game. We'll let yeah. you run it, but you're going to have a bad time. But you can run it because it's your choice as a consumer. <laughs> And that's what it comes down to, right? Like that is, it's that's been around for ages in computer um, software. So right, been around know. for ages, but it's not in the lexicon of Farsight. I know, <laughs> and it needs to start becoming in the lexicon. Like you need to do, you know, as a product manager here, I would be putting my hat on and saying, right, so how many users are on nine, and how many users are on eleven? 
of those users, what architecture are they using? Like what is the reported um, PC architecture and processes that they're using? Um, look at the averages, look at the uh, amount of money these people are spending, and then make a decision based on data to cut it and just, or not cut it and work around a different solution. You know, there's, it's well, that's what I'm saying. Too... My, my, my solution is, and this is, again, it's, it's all coming back to rolling everything into the settings, is you only have the DX11 version, but you can turn off all the graphical things so that it works on your computer. I mean, look, when I was playing, if, if I throw in, you know, well, it, this actually happened before I had the computer that I was have now, but when I threw in Tomb Raider for the first time, uh, the, the new revamped version, it was yeah. like, well, I only am getting medium detail settings. I can't view the high detail and I can't have the cool floaty hair that, you know, she has. Instead, I'm going to have to have the locked in clump of hair. Uh, you know, it's, it, there's all these settings that every other PC game has there in the menu that allows you to even on a bad computer still run and play the game. And you can kind of pick and choose your poison in terms of when you want to have slowdown, you might say. Um, and because it's all under the same banner, you're only having to squash one set of bugs and dealing yeah. with it that way. You know, it makes sense. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, it's one of those things that makes me scratch my head and, and clearly I wasn't going to ask Norman about any of that because I didn't want to do any gotcha moments, but, uh, no. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that just it, it baffles me sometimes where I it's like have you guys never played another game on a PC? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely improvements that can be made there. I personally think that the the way I would approach it if I was the product manager would be to look at the numbers first and then actually rather than trying to set one remove the problem, which is the difference between DX9 and DX11. And that's, that's known to be causing issues with production at the moment. So I would remove that issue from production first. And then once I have a stable um, uh, backplane to work against, which is DX11, I then start to incrementally look at putting in those uh, settings options into the game. But really the problem, it's, it really is the fact that DX9 and DX11 exist together and that needs to be solved first yeah yeah that's what i do but i'm not saying that your idea isn't the way they should be moving towards because it is it makes absolute sense that they should actually put in settings in game like every other app and every other program on the on the pc but there are things that they need to overcome first before they can do that i think yeah mm. i don't know just my two cents. Um, what 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 else has been going on with the uh, the pinball world? Do we have anything else that's uh, timely? Yes, I do actually have something else that popped into my um my Android device the other day. You might remember ages ago we were talking about a little app called Snowball. Yeah. Um, now Snowball, for those of you who aren't um, aware of it, is basically a one of those top down pinball games which is over a really large playfield area. So. Um, the interesting feature with this game is you can get into multiple and as you get into multiple, the game zooms out like a, like a very far perspective. So you can see all the balls in all the areas of the play field at one time. And it's a, it's a very, it's a very sort of uh, a casual game. It's, it's themed with a, a snow theme and you're basically shooting your, your snowball around um, a 
sort of uh, arena with lots of different obstacles and stuff to do. And I, I think as we described it uh, back then, it's a pinball game in that the user interface uses flipper and ball mechanics, but it's not a pinball game in terms of being a typical rectangular shape pinball where all the action is happening on one single plane. It's this is yeah. your nav the, the, the flippers are your navigation tool. You only you're, you're navigating yeah, that's right. around. So uh, pinball, yes, but also no. <laughs> it reminds me a lot, actually. This game, if um, and I know that some listeners will be going, "Oh yes," when I say this, but if you remember on Game Boy, a game called Revenge of the Gator, pinball. Now the game was split up in dif different screens because of the limitations of the platform, but essentially it would behave like this game does now if it was actually laid out in one linear sort of a pattern and you could see all the screens in one. Yeah. So that's essentially what they've done here. So the update that they did is um, they've put a few more uh, different achievements that you need to do in the game. They've changed the play field slightly as well. So there are extra obstacles in some areas that were deemed a little bit too easy. So essentially they've rebalanced parts of the play field which is very interesting. But the biggest feature they've done is they put in night mode. So you, you've you actually got now, when you play, rather than being super white, everything's sort of got this bluer tinge to it and your ball and all the environments, even on mobile, have um, environmental lighting to them. So, oh, okay. so you've got the uh, there's like these little um, uh, magnetic poles in the game. Yeah, which uh, which light up and spark. Now in the normal game, they didn't really do very much in the in the daytime mode, but in the nighttime mode, they look really cool. Like you get all this environmental lighting flying off them as this, as the sparks are flying, and they look really good. And um, there's also other things in the game, like the ball casts a slight amount of um, light as well. It glows very subtly. So as it's going around the playfield, it's subtly lighting up the um, the playfield. Um, as it's going around. It's really quite nice. I've actually had a couple of games on it now and I'm going, yeah, this is really neat. Um, so if you've got the game, go and update it and have a look and tell us what you reckon about it. And if you don't have it, it the game is very inexpensive. And look, for the cost of entry for it, there's no in-app purchases after you've bought it, so it's fully unlocked. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a bit of fun. Um, if you like those sort of wide, expansive sort of pinball games that are more casual rather than simulation. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> no, no, you're not a fan of this title. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of, uh, I don't know. I, I do like my pinball to be pinball. Um, that being said, I have no problem with the arcade or, or the pure video nature, a la Zen. Mm. Uh, but I, these top down, they just remind me of those little uh, uh, plastic pinball with the BB in it that you, yes. would, you know play as a kid. It, it has no weight, and there's nothing interesting to it. Um, it's it, it almost goes back to why I'm not much of a fan of an EM because I don't feel that there's much to do. I do like EMs with drop targets. If it's nothing but lanes, they don't excite me because I'd rather play a, a mid '80s to '90s, you know, Bally or Williams table, and then have awesome lanes and ramps and you know stuff like that. So I don't know. Yeah, they they don't. I get the kitsch factor, and I can enjoy them for maybe a day or so, and then I'm mm. just like, 
over it and I'm done. But you know, for the cost of a dollar fifty, that's exactly yeah. kind of the lifespan of the game, right? Like for a dollar fifty, that's you've got plenty of enjoyment and a couple of days yeah, enjoyment. But for, well, that's where I say for a buck ninety nine I can get a Zen table. And then and, you get a lot more depth. And I'm gonna be playing it for a long time. So yeah. that's you yeah. know. That's the other <laughs> argument. Yeah, that's fair call. Cool. Um you know. Um, but like you said, at least there's no in-app purchases or because I when I was doing this digital pinball article, I downloaded a couple of games that I hadn't. Uh, I downloaded them a long time ago and deleted them off my phone, and I was looking at them again, and it was just like, people, have you never played actual pinball? Uh-huh. You know why are your why are there right angles on the field that you know everything needs to be smooth edged and. And then the, the the biggest sin would be you'd end the ball and all of a sudden an ad would pop up. I was like, oh come on, yes, yeah. that's I'm deleting you now because I don't want to deal with that. You know, do you know what I'm thinking, Chris? I reckon that as part of our new website, I should bring back pinball on Google Play. <laughs> you remember where I was doing that? Oh yeah, the yeah. terrible the terrible pins. Yeah, the bouncy tits pinball. Remember that yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. jiggler pinball, man. Do you know uh, that I actually got I got a um a a, a note from YouTube about that particular video. They asked me oh, to, right. they they asked me to reclassify it because <laughs> <laughs> because apparently it contained naughty things in it. Which naughty bits, laugh, hey? naughty bits. But I totally yeah. think I need to go back and do that again because that was a, also incredibly disheartening. But at the same time, yeah. um, quite a lot of fun to do. So you can do your movie reviews. I'll do pinball on Google Play, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll meet in the middle. Meet in uh, the middle. Yeah. Uh, wow. So I, I, last thing before we go, I wanted to mention this week's uh, Zen tournament that Blockade was hosting, which was playing Portal, has been brutal. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so it started off right away with uh, Ksenia, a.k.a. Sven, immediately calling me out and going, beat your score, go for it. And I was like, ah, oh, you jerk. Oh, no. And, and, the, and the problem was is that <laughs> I had never really played Portal Pinball that much. And so I didn't, yep. it, it, it seemed very impenetrable to me. Yep. So I hunkered down and finally was able to not only beat his score, which I think he was at like 70 million or something like that, but I posted like 230 million. And I was like, aha! So that started him trying to come back at me. In the meantime, somebody else wound up posting like a 650 million score. I was like, oh, geez, that's so out of my realm. So all this week, I've been playing Portal. I got to say, I really enjoy it as a table. It's a, it's a good table. I'm having a bear of a time on certain angles uh, that I'm trying to get the ball to in that I can hit them normally and then when all of a sudden it goes into timer mode I can't hit them to save my life <laughs> and I was trying desperately to actually get to the wizard mode and complete it and the more I played the game the farther away I got from it it's like I hit the wall and bounced backwards so oh. it, it's I wound, up, I wound up posting a score in the 700 millions and thought, ah, that's going to secure me. And then when I looked to check the scores today, because the tournament has now ended on Saturday here, uh, somebody had posted a 1.4 billion score. And basically, I went from first place all the way down to fourth place. <laughs> so it was rather, it was a rather vicious week for uh, for pinball on that on that table. Apparently, 
a lot of people really dig this particular one, and now I understand why they do. So if you haven't uh, joined in on the weekly Zen tournaments, you need to do so. Uh, just simply go into your uh, the tournaments page, and under search, type in Shut Your Trap. That's S-H-U-T-Y-E-R-T-R-A-P. And then you'll find the tournament that we host every single week, different table every week. I think this week we're going to be playing Deadpool and I'm going to figure out uh, what, yeah, I think I'm going to figure out what uh, configuration. I'm not going to do the three ball again. I might do a one ball, might do survival. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but Deadpool will be the next table and yeah, look for it. It's a lot of fun and we've gotten more and more players each week and it does not matter what platform you're on because they all speak to Steam. They just don't speak to each other. Uh, but Steam does get to see everybody else's scores that uh, get posted. So it doesn't matter if you're on PlayStation, Xbox. I don't know if uh, Nintendo Switch works yet or not, because they don't have all the same tables that we do. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. It's, it's, a, it's a blast. We have a good time. Yeah, it would be fun. I really wish that the FX3 or features from FX3 would make their way over to mobile sooner rather than later, because I really want to get in on this action. But probably by the time they do it, it'll all be old hat and it yeah. won't be any fun anymore. So that's a problem. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I should mention, I did, I did get to uh, play uh, FX3 on the Switch and I tried out their portrait mode, which is you basically only put in one of the Joy-Cons you know, down at the bottom so you have the rumble from that. And then it's just like a normal mobile game where you're using your thumbs to uh, flip the flippers, which I'm not a fan of. But I've since noticed people have been making little cardboard boxes to uh, put their, their Switch into portrait mode on and then attach the, the Joy-Cons to the side so you can still use buttons for flipping, which I thought was kind of, kind of trick. Interesting, yeah. I think there's there's probably other options you can use, but using conductive conductive foam and stuff, so you can actually like have little triggers below yeah. the the table if you really want to get crafty. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it touchscreens are okay. The thing that I don't like about um, playing with the touchscreen on pinball is just tilting is really hard. Unless oh, the motion, yeah, no, it's it's yeah. it's very yeah. difficult. And and like I said, you don't play pinball with your thumbs; you play it with your no, forefingers. You so. Do. It's all about your triggers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm triggered to end this podcast. How's that? Okay. <laughs> sure. Let's do that. So folks, once again, uh, why don't you go ahead and follow the show? That's the easiest, easiest way to get all the information that you ever need. And that is follow us on Twitter at blockade. You might as well, since you're already there, why don't you go ahead and follow myself? I am at shut your trap and he is at Jared Morgs. And then, most importantly, we will say it again. The URL you need to now type in is blockadepinball.com forward slash episodes. That'll get you to the new website. Go ahead and uh, bookmark us there so that uh, you can laugh at me when I mess up on this next week, <laughs> as I want to do. Why don't yeah, you go ahead always. and. Yeah, always. Why don't you go ahead and uh, fire off an email too? Uh, you can get in contact with me just like uh, Jeff from This Week in Pinball did blah blah blockade at gmail.com that way uh anything you have to say comments questions uh requests we can respond to you in that manner all righty well we do appreciate you for listening to us and jared we'll talk to you next week no problem see you then see you everyone all right bye-bye
wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. Uh, after that. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Speaking of crazy URLs, my son wants people to go visit his site. You sure you want people to visit your site? You freak out last time I mentioned something about going and visiting your site. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give this out here folks. Again, this is a 12 year old and, uh, his beginnings of, uh, being a writer. Uh, <laughs> So crazy, crazy. We'll uh, start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So crazy website uh, action. So it's the old HTTPS thing: sites.google.com forward slash view forward slash trash dash bois b w a h dash central. And that's all about uh, my son and his friends. They write stories about their stuffed bears. Cool. My, you know what I reckon? Sounds like he could do with a rebrandly link. Oh my god, yes, right? <laughs> yes, he could totally do with a rebrandly link service there. Well, the other as the other day he was trying to uh over the phone tell his uh one grandmother what the web address was and I was just like, "Oh my god, just email it to her. She's never going to write all this down and get it correct." Um, <laughs> exactly. So, 